Hi, thanks for joining us again today. I'm so glad that you've taken this moment to tune in and spend this time with us. I want to use this moment to encourage your heart concerning trusting God. Now, I know that we're living in what could be called very uncertain times where things that people placed confidence in in years gone by or even months gone by seem to be less stable than they once were. Yet in the midst of what looks like a natural instability, there's a stability that a person can know that comes from trusting God. Remember, Solomon encouraged our hearts in Proverbs 4, that we're to be guarding our hearts from things like worry, fear and anxiety, but rather choosing to let the peace of God rule and reign in that inner part of who we are. Remember also the teaching of Jesus in Matthew 6, where he says to us so clearly three times, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. Yet isn't it easy to worry, even in those moments where you know Jesus said to us in Matthew 6 that we're not to worry. Yet sometimes you look at things that are happening around the world, even happening in your life currently, maybe situations involving finances or health or things in a relationship that you have. And you look at those things and you say, but the natural thing to do is to worry. Yet I hear Jesus saying to me, don't worry. What am I to do? Simple. We choose to trust God. Now, we don't just choose to trust God, but we actually choose to trust God daily. Now, this can sometimes go really against how we've been raised to live. Sometimes it feels almost countercultural. But we've been raised to take care of tomorrow, worry about tomorrow, make sure that our next week, our next month, our next year, the end of our days is taken care of. Yet sometimes God brings us into a moment where the luxury of taking care of our tomorrows isn't as secure or as present as it once was. In those days, God is bringing us into something that's not just trust. Remember, trust is the opposite of worry. Trusting is the opposite of worrying. God brings us into a moment where we need to, and the best thing that we can do, and the safest thing that we can do, is choose to trust him on a daily basis. Like I said, sometimes this can really go against the habits we've developed in our lives the way that we've lived from as far back as we can remember. Yet it's a way of life that I believe God wants every one of his followers to experience, to know. Sometimes I call this manna life. Now, for those of you that have read the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, you know what I mean when I say manna life. But maybe you haven't ever read the book of Exodus. And when I say that God wants you to experience manna life, you say, well, I'm not really sure what that is, Andy. So let me explain it to you. Manna life is when you find yourself in a moment or a season where you don't have the luxury of having things to trust in to give you confidence for your tomorrow, but you do have God and his promises. Now, there's a few verses in the Bible that encourage us to live a life 
of daily trust with the Lord. The first one I think of is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Those well-known verses that say to us that we're to walk by faith. What is faith? Trusting God. But we're to walk by faith and not by sight. What sight? It's one of five senses that we have in the natural person of who we are. So often those senses, what we see, what we taste, what we feel, those senses can determine so much of what we believe is real for our today and our tomorrow. Yet the Bible says that we're not to place our trust in our senses, but we're to walk by faith. Some have called faith the sixth sense or the sense beyond the other five. But God says that we're to walk daily trusting him above and beyond the trust we may put in pensions, money in the bank, promises of people for our tomorrow. But also I'm reminded of what Jesus taught in Matthew 6 verse 34 concerning worrying and taking each day as it comes. Remember what he said, he said enough is the day of the worry thereof. What was he saying? Don't spend your time, don't give yourself a heart attack worrying about the days that lay ahead of you, the months that lay ahead of you, the unseen years in the future of who you are. Rather, just say, okay, well, this is the day that God has given me today. And today I purpose not to worry, give my heart over to anxiety, but I purpose to walk in daily trust with the one who said he's my provider and my shepherd. It's interesting, when you read Matthew chapter 6, you go back a few verses and you find Jesus teaching the disciples how to pray. Remember, they'd come to Jesus and they said, Lord, would you teach us how to pray? And he started to teach them that very well-known way of praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. But remember that part that then Jesus mentions in verse 13 when he says, But when we're to pray, we're to pray, thank you or give me today, Lord, my daily bread. Notice it doesn't say, give me today my weekly bread. Give me today my monthly bread. Give me today the bread that I need for the rest of my life. Give me a huge barn and let it be filled with bread so I never have to think about provision in my life ever again. No, Jesus said the prayer that we pray is thank you, Lord, or give me today. Often when I pray this, I pray it from a position of faith and I say, thank you, Lord, for the daily bread of my life today. What I need today, you've provided already. But also because you're outside of time and space, you know the end of a thing from the beginning thereof. You're also in my tomorrow. You're in my next month. And I choose to move from a position or a posture of worrying to a posture and a rest in trusting you. Independent of what I see on the news, independent of what people may say to me concerning the economy, inflation. Lord, I know that if inflation increases in the things I need to spend things on, your provision will be in my life to cover those things because you're not unaware of me, Lord. As he taught again in what we've looked before, he said, 
He knows what we need before we ask. He knows like a good father the things we need before we ask. I believe that God is calling us all to a manner living way of life. In this moment that we find ourselves, and again, that may affect you financially. It may affect another person in a matter of their health or a relational matter. But whatever scenario or area of your life this speaks into, I want to encourage you today that the Bible speaks of how we can trust God on a daily basis. Not only does it speak, it gives us examples where trusting God daily for the things that we need is exemplified in the lives of others. I want you to turn your Bible with me, if you would, to the book of Exodus, chapter 16. And Exodus speaks of that moment where the children of Israel are taken out of the captivity of Egypt. And in that captivity, they would have had an element of daily provision. Meat and food would have been provided for them. But they were slaves. They weren't free people. Now, God sends this redeemer, Moses, and Moses You know the story, comes before Pharaoh and says, set my people free. And after a number of plagues, Pharaoh finally relents and lets God's people go. And Moses leads them out of captivity, out of Egypt, and they're heading towards a promised land that actually wasn't that far away. But because of disobedience in their life, they remained in this moment or this season for 40 years. That's a long time. But in that moment also... The provision they knew for each day of those 40 years was in God giving them daily the things that they needed for that day. Let's read about this account because it's really, really interesting. Now, some theologians say that it could have been a few hundred thousand. Other theologians and the most common thought say that it was around 2.5 million people that left Egypt and came into this moment of wilderness. Now, whatever the amount, it was still a miracle of daily provision. But when I think of that number, 2.5 million, it's interesting that that's the current amount or around the amount of what we're seeing from um, the Ukraine coming across the borders into other regions, other nations looking for refuge and safety. They reckon it's two to three million. So if you picture what that looks like from seeing it on the news, that's what it was like in this moment also. People were coming out of a bad, uncertain, um, unsecure moment, looking for safety. Yet in that moment, God speaks in and says, this is the plan for my provision. I'm going to give you every day what you need. I'm not going to give you what you need for tomorrow. I'm going to give you what you need for today. It was a lifestyle of trusting God, but trusting God on a daily basis. Maybe in this moment where things seem so uncertain, when things once seemed more certain, God could be speaking to us, his people, saying the same thing. Listen, I want to bring you through a moment or a season of manner living, so that you can experience my provision, me giving you what you need on a daily basis, so that you learn to trust me and have confidence when other people 
are having heart attacks because of the fear, like it says in Luke 4, the fear of what may be coming upon the earth. So let's pick up this storyline in verse 2. The children of Israel have come out from Egypt. They're in this moment of wilderness. And it says in verse 2, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, oh, if only we died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. Uh, There we sat around pots of meat. Notice how they're forgetting the slavery and the beatings. But what they're saying is we had a confidence of daily provision, even in the midst of our slavery. Verse four, then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain down from heaven for you. Um, And the people are going to go out each day and they're going to gather each day enough provision, enough manna for what they will need. And I am testing their hearts in this manner moment to see if they will trust me and trust my plans of provision for their life. On the sixth day, they're to go out and gather twice as much because of the Sabbath that was coming the next moment. Now, what happened was the children of Israel, instead of going, that's awesome, God, daily provision, they actually, like some of us would have done, began to grumble. Oh, just bread, just bread, just manna. They hadn't even tasted it, just manna. We want meat as well. So God says, all right, I'm going to give them meat until it comes out of their noses. You want bread? I'll give you bread. You want meat? I'm going to give you meat. That was the goodness of God being shown towards these people that were really carrying hearts that were disobedient. But then we go to verse 13 and we get a glimpse into this moment. That evening, quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew in the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost were on the ground and they'd appeared on the desert floor. This was the manna that God was providing. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is this? For they didn't know what it was. Moses said to them, This is the bread that the Lord promised you for you to eat. This is what the Lord's commanded. Every one of you gather as as much as what you need. No more, just what you need for the day. You take a measurement for each person in your household. Now the Israelites did as they were told and they gathered much, some little, some much. And when they measured it, every single person had enough for what they needed for that day. If somebody had four kids, they had enough for them and their four kids. If somebody had six kids, they had enough for them and their six kids. Whoever needed a little had more than they needed. Whoever needed a lot had more than what they needed. But here, for that day that they were in. But then comes the part that reminds me of how some of us may have responded. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning. But when they came to see what they'd stored, when they were told not to store, it was full of maggots. It began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Okay, here was the plan. They'd come out of a lifestyle that they'd known, where even though there'd been provision, there was also slavery. God had brought them into this incredible moment of freedom. But he brought them by design into a manner life moment where God said, I want to show you something here. And it wasn't a lesson that lasted a week. It was a lesson that lasted 40 years. He said, I want you to know what it is, not just to trust me, but to trust me on a daily basis for the things that you need and the things that I know that you need. 
Now, I've got this jar here because it kind of gives me a visual um, picture for this moment. Every person in Israel must have had a jar. And the size of the jar represented their life, who they were married to, the children, the grandchildren, what they needed as provision in that day that they were in. And every day they were to come out and they were to gather the manna, the quail, the bread and the meat that the Lord had provided. And they were to fill their jar and say, that's more than enough for my today. That's enough for my today. The Lord has given me what I need for the moment, the time, the day, the season that I'm in, the day that I was in for their, for their experience. But again, some people just couldn't live that way because of their fears of tomorrow. And even though they wanted to live in this daily trust relationship with God, something within them that they'd learned in their formative years, something that maybe others had taught them, that you've got to store up, you've got to have tomorrow taken care of, you've got to have a pension, you've got to have this, you've got to make sure that you're taking care of what happens when you're 80. All of these thoughts were in their hearts so that they couldn't just relax in the promise that God had given them. So some of them would sneak out and they'd not just take their jar for that day, they'd take another jar and they'd open it and they'd fill it with manna. And in their hearts, they'd be saying, well, that's tomorrow taken care of. That's three days time taken care of. I don't know what everyone else may do, but if this goes wrong, I'm okay. But the next day when they went to check on that stored manna, that stored provision of God, it was filled with maggots. It was rotten. It stunk. It smelled. Why? Because God had told them not to do that. God had clearly instructed them, listen, I am going to be your provider. Trust me for each and every day. I believe that a lot of the children of Israel chose to walk in this daily trust relationship with God. But there were others, and they would represent us in many ways at different times in our life, that said, Lord, I want to do this. I want to trust you daily. But what if? What if there isn't provision for my next week, my next month? What if the savings I had that were once gone are actually the things I was trusting in? God, what if I would rather have physical things that tell my senses that I'm going to be okay more than your word, your guarantee, your promise. Well, I really believe that just as the Lord led the children of Israel through this manna moment or this manna life moment or season. So for many of us right now, we feel somewhat of a manna life moment at hand. Maybe things that you once trusted in, are no longer there. Plans you once had that seemed so solid are no longer solid. In fact, they're shaking like moving ground. What I want to say to you is take heart today. Have faith in God. That God knows what you need for your today. And he's clearly taught us in Matthew 6 that he doesn't want us worrying, being filled with anxiety concerning 
our provision for tomorrow, what we need in that area of our life or relationship tomorrow. Can't you hear those words of Jesus cutting through the fear of media, bringing peace to our hearts in this moment that we live? You can trust me. I'm in your today. I'm in your tomorrow. I've even been in the moments that represent the end days of your life. Never will I leave you. Never will I fail you. My grace is sufficient for you today. Like I mentioned before, Jesus spoke in Luke 4 of a time. And it sounds a little bit like this moment that we're in when you watch the news and listen to so much of the disaster and fear within the media of today. It says that the hearts of men will fail them because of a fear of what's coming upon the earth. Let me underline again, that's not meant to be you or me. But just as God had a plan for the children of Israel to experience manna life, so he has a plan for you and me. Even if the things that you once placed confidence in are gone, God isn't gone. God remains. He knows the jar of your life. He knows what you need for you, for your, for your wife, for your husband, for your, for your children, for your grandchildren. He knows the bills that you need to pay. Oh, the life of the children of Israel was so much simpler than life today. They had cover over their heads, food in their bellies and water, shoes that never ran out. How much more complex is our life today with the different things that we feel that we need? Yet the God who met every daily need of the children of Israel is the God that now calls us his sons and daughters. He knows what we need before we ask. I love Psalm 139 when it says that he knows the thoughts we're thinking before we speak them. He knows all the days of our life. They're written in his book. What if today, in this moment where we see so many people freaking out, panicking, letting anxiety bring sickness to their bodies, depressions to their minds, what if today God's saying to his people, you and me, choose to live a different life. Choose to step from a life of worry and anxiety about things unknown, things uncertain. Choose to step in to a moment, a season, a lifestyle of daily trust. Man of living where every morning when we wake up, we pray that prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Thank you, Lord, today for my daily bread, your provision, your protection, your providence. Thank you, Father, that as the sun rises, your provision, what I need, your supply is in my life. And tomorrow, when the sun rises again on a new day, your provision, your providence will be in that day also. Lord, even those days later on, when I'm 70 or 80, 
You've already made provision for my well-being in those moments too. You see, all of us have a choice. We have belief or unbelief. We have faith or we have worry. Sadly, many Christians today are acting no different to those that don't believe in God. They're letting their hearts be filled with concern. They're striving, they're struggling. They're trying to build barns and lock the doors of their barns out of a fear of what could be lack, not enough. When actually God's saying, come on, be like the people that walked through a 40-year wilderness that wanted for nothing. Trust in me for the natural things of your life, like food. Remember what he also teaches us in Matthew 6. Look at the birds of the air. Did I fail them? Look at the flowers in the field. Did I not clothe them more beautiful than any clothing that can be made by man? Don't you know your worth to me? Don't you know that when you gave your life to me, you became mine. I became your father you became my child. If a natural father will make provision for the days and the future of their children, don't you think that a heavenly father will do that? Not just do that, but do that even more. The Bible says that we're to know him as our shepherd. You never see a sheep striving concerning their future. Rather, just in the ignorance of being that animal, that sheep, they know the shepherd's got this covered. Oh, let's be like the sheep that God calls us to be. Let's look to him as the shepherd that he says that he is in our daily life. Let's purpose today to not give away our heart, our strength, our well-being to things that are unproven like worries and cares and anxieties of moments and things unknown. Rather, let's sit down and know the rest of God that comes from the simplest of statements. He has never failed me. He will not fail me. He will never fail me. Can I encourage you today in a world that seems so loud, so crazy, so insecure, so uncertain. Be a person that chooses to trust God. Be a person that chooses to experience man life in this season that you're in. Be a person that sets their heart on a daily trust in God. The Lord bless you. Have an amazing week. May you see the Lord fill your jar every day of the day that you're in and the ones that are coming. God bless.